Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm always glad to be here because I enjoy hearing your financial investment questions. I, I do I enjoy answering the questions and try to figure out what's what's gonna work for everybody, what's worked for me, you, everybody. And I always do it with unbiased answers. You know that. If you listen to the show any length of time, we don't buy data. We don't buy someone else's opinion. We buy data that we analyze, and then we make our own decisions on that. I have no hidden agendas. We're not trying to push anything on you. And you know, it's your questions that drive the show. Where the direction you want to take the show is up to you. Most people do ask stock questions, but you don't have to. Anything financial, we'll talk about. I mean, we talk about inflation. Talk about the yield curve. Have you noticed what's going on with that? Anything you want to talk about, we'll talk about, as long as it's financial. So give me a call. We want to hear from you. Remember, you have to make decisions over your financial future. I can't make the decisions for you. You have to decide. You get one chance to decide. Um, Of course, you get chances all along. But you get one basic chance to decide how you're going to live in retirement. And that chance is when you're younger. Now, you could be 50. You could be 60 if you plan on working until you die. But it's much smarter if you do it when you're younger, 20s and 30s. If you can make some sound financial decisions for retirement at those ages, you'll be fine when you get to my age. But you are in charge of those decisions. Don't expect the government to be there. Don't expect someone else to make those decisions for you. It's not going to happen. And Justin, I have been warning you about volatility. We've been warning, warning, warning. And now, officially, we have a 10% correction. Of course, this NASDAQ index went down close to 20. But the S&P officially down 10% now. And it's been a struggle, a long, drawn-out. Remember, the high was early January. And here is the end of February. So it's been a two-month struggle to get to a normal 10% correction. No, it feels worse because those of you who are in a lot of high-tech, I mean, tech kind of uh, investments, you've been punished harder than the broader market has. So how are you feeling about this? Okay, so you want to answer specific questions, and I know that. And that's what the show is all about. I'll answer any specific question. I have a bunch of software that I use, uh, and I really do enjoy answering the questions. So it would be very much appreciated if you make the call. Okay, on this podcast, we'll always operate with the same mission statement. Independent thing and share success. 
meaning I'm going to give you the facts. I'm going to try to teach you how to manage a portfolio and how to pick stocks, how to pick good, sound investments. That's what this show is about. And it's also about, you know, wanting to get customers. I don't, I never pretend anything different than that, but I want to help you as much as I can. So give me a call. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time. The number is 888-99-CHARTS. Always the same, 888-992-4278. It's been that same number for over 20 years. Well over 20. Is it 22 years now? So let's get right to it, right to the listen line question. As you know, you can leave questions anytime you want. Here's the first one. Hi, my name is Keith from Philadelphia. I opened up an HSA account, and I wanted to make that my small cap exposure. And I'm torn between ETFs. IJR and SPSM. Wanted to get your thoughts on which ETF would be better, or if you have another idea for some small cap exposure. Thanks. Okay. Um, both of these are small uh, cap companies, uh, small cap ETFs focusing on small companies. And these, try to remember that is the most volatile part of the market. Good and bad, right? Good and bad. And his first one is IJR. IJR is an ETF that tracks the 600. Yeah, the small cap 600 index. And the other one is SP, where is it? SPSM. SPSM, and that tracks the Russell 2000, I believe. Yes, uh, the Russell 2000 small cap stocks. Either one of them will fit that part of the market. Okay, either one will go to that part of the market. And I don't think it makes a lot of difference which one you pick because they're both broad-based. You can pick either one. Probably pick the one that's the cheapest as far as costs. That might be the way to go. My focus point today is based on the story, oil prices have surged 20% this year so far. Oil trades on the global market, as you know, and it's always traded in dollars, U.S. dollars. And, of course, the tensions out of Russia has been, you know, pushing it up, putting prices up. It's well over, what, $90 a barrel now? And it's probably going to go higher. Uh, so higher oil impacts everybody. Is there anything you can do? We'll talk about that. That's our main talking question. My trivia question today concerns savings mistakes. This can help you start a checklist of things to do and not to do. That's coming up at the halfway mark. Also, if we get a chance, I'm hoping to talk about Goldman Sachs and what they had commented about commodities, commodities going forward, not backward going forward. I want to discuss mortgage rates, 30-year fixed. I want to talk about how that impact my impact on the housing market. And uh, did you read about the huge oil fine in Suriname, part of the Guyana, Suriname Basin, and that now ExxonMobil found huge oil fine in Guyana, not too far away, uh, in the last year or two. And now there's another one by to- Total, the, the French oil company found huge one. Did you read about that? We'll talk about any of those things. But of course, you do come first. The market was down today again. Dow was down 465 points, NASDAQ down 344, and the SP down 79. It's interesting the market opened higher uh, in the morning, but just could not hold on. Just got weaker and weaker and weaker as the day went on. So, not a good thing. 
Justin, I am grateful for your podcast support, by the way, and our free downloads will continue. I want to make you aware of two other ways to find material and unbiased guidance from us. Invest Talk has a YouTube channel and an Instagram following. So we're building out more content on both platforms. So go to the YouTube or Instagram and search Invest Talk. That's Invest Talk with two T's, everybody. Invest Talk, no space. And please tell your friends. The Invest Talk phone lines are open. Call now, 888 99Chart. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. 888 chart. We're going to go talk to Dan first. He's in San Diego. He wants to talk about a mining company. Dan. Hi, Steve. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, where would you put a sell stop on Hecla Mining? HL. They had a good quarter. And, of course, gold is now over $1,900. So I'm just wondering, uh, would you have a target for uh, selling Hecla Mining? Okay, Hecla is HL, this is simple, everybody, engaged in mining and development of gold, silver, zinc, lead properties in the United States and Mexico. It's a $5.97 stock. I've liked Hecla for a while now. We own a number of gold mining companies in our managed accounts. Um, they're only going to make 13 cents next year after making 32 cents in 2021. But I think that's low, and I think they're going to change that number because the gold prices have gone up sharply. So now, right. as far as a stop, uh, I think – see, I think it's found support right around the $5 area. So it's starting to move up again, and I think it might head back up to $9. If it hits $9, wow. I'd be taking some money off the table, I think. Okay? okay. what I would do. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, Dan. My focus point today is based on the story, oil prices have surged 20% this year. Higher oil, higher oil impacts everybody. Everybody. Poor people, rich people, because you anybody has a car or vehicle. It impacts you, right? So is there anything you can do about it? Well, I think you can write your congressman and tell the, our government to open up oil again. Just the other day, you know, I just heard the other day the president say that, you know, he's going to do everything possible to keep prices of oil from spiking on us. But at the same time, two days before that, they shut down all new permitting to get oil out of the U.S. soil. So I'm not sure what he's talking about because that would definitely put downward pressure on oil prices because Russia is a very large company, a country, very large, has lots of natural resources, even though their economy is no bigger than Texas, just because they're large in space doesn't mean they're strong economically speaking. So they have been supplying Europe with natural gas, like 40% of Europe's natural gas comes from Russia. So with their dependence, Europe's dependence on Russia, you don't think Putin will use that to do whatever he wants to do and threaten Europe? I mean, just because the 
Just because it exists, he doesn't have to say anything. The threat is implied. So, you know, really, it's oil prices are going to go up because we're not sure what's going to happen. We are still, we are still back to being dependent on foreign oil supplies. And it's, you, you're not going to get Saudi Arabia or anybody else to pump more. They're pumping as much as they can. And $90 a barrel, you don't think they would? Of course they are. They're pumping out as much as they can. So asking them, please, you can you pump more? Why would you ask them to pump more? Why don't we pump more? That makes sense to me. If if you're worried about pollution, that's what you're worried about, then why are you asking anybody to pump more? Because it's because it's, it's going to be used. Don't <laughs> so pumping it here, pumping it there. What difference does it make? So why are you asking if you don't want it now? We know, you know, all the politics involved. And I don't want to get into it on the radio show here, but we know the politics and ball. But if the government is trying to control the price of gasoline, the pump for you and me, then one of the ways is to increase supply, and we can increase our own supply. If they're not worried about that, they should just say so. Well, we don't mind oil prices being as high. We don't want to pump more oil, more pollution. Okay, just you know, just tell us the truth. That's okay. Whatever you think is right, you know. You know, we, we can have differences of opinions, but let's say, but both sides need to be honest about it. Anyways, this stuff going on, I, I've been looking at this stuff. We're going on in Russia, and my conclusion is, oil prices are probably creep up. They're probably going to creep up anyways, but I don't think there's going to be huge fallout from this Russia-Ukraine thing. I don't think so. Not for U.S. economy, not for the European economy, not for the world economy. I just don't think so. Now, the only way it can happen if we escalate the problem and Russia escalates the problem right along with us or Europe escalates the problem with Russia. I think sanctions would work, but I think there, we, we need to get tougher on those things. And we seem never to get tough on those things, in my opinion. It doesn't seem like it. So just expect oil prices to continue up. I don't. There's no. Uh, there's. I don't see anything slowing it down, unless we go into a recession, world recession, and I don't see that happening. So, I just see inflation. Inflation means prices rising, and it's going to continue. Okay, we're moving into a break here, everybody. I appreciate. Uh, We'll do it. We, we have a number of questions on the voice bank, but we really do appreciate your live calls. So call anytime you want. 888-99-CHART. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin or Steve, this is James from Georgia. I was calling about the following ticker symbol, A-G-N-C. I own this stock and was looking at the news and some of the ratings on Ameritrade on that platform. And, you know, uh, they're saying sell to avoid it. I was curious your opinion, if you could take a look at this and just let me know what you think. Listen to the podcast every day. Thank you. Okay, it's time to be out of these kinds of stocks. AGNC, Agnet Investment Corp., it's a REIT investing in residential mortgage pass-through securities and collateralized mortgage obligations. 
And remember, I talked about this last week, two weeks ago, three, I don't remember, three weeks ago, and another one of these came up, and I said, these are the kinds of things you stay away from when interest rates are rising, mortgage rates are rising, because that's how they make their money on, on the rates going down. They make a lot more money than when rates going up. And this company's sales three quarters ago fell 142%. Two quarters ago, 90, 67%. And then the most recent December quarter, sales fell 99%. These are very volatile kinds of stocks. And people buy them because they see the dividends. The dividend yield is 11.3%. And everybody thinks that's just wonderful, which it is if it's sustainable. They're going to make $2.46 this year and $2.28 next year. That's what they say. But cash flow is negative 55 cents a share. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that earnings. I would stay away from these stocks and I would get out of these stocks. Any stocks based on mortgage pass-through, mortgage securities, uh, collateral mortgage obligations, I, I, I just stay away from them. They're too volatile. They're not steady as far as sales earnings, and they they do much better in, a, in an interest rate environment that's going down and much worse when it's going up. And it's going up. So when people take time to leave an Investalk uh, podcast review on iTunes, we, we do thank them. We like to thank them for their courtesy of doing that. So And how we do that is we tell them we will get to their questions quickly. So uh, Danny called. What do you guys think of the fintech space, especially SoFi? Now that they have acquired the bank, a bank charter, I have been dollar-cost averaging since back in June. I believe that this year or maybe by the end of 2022, they will be profitable. Okay, let's take a quick look at that. SOFI is a symbol. A SoFi Technology is a fairly new company out in December 2020. Uh, they lose money. They don't. They have never made money. The sales are increasing. So, of course, you're, it's a speculative. It's a $9.82 stock, uh, an $8 billion company uh, market cap. Management owns 9%, and mutual funds have been strong buyers for the last year or so. Now, the stock has been falling steadily for quite some time. Its high was like $25, uh, and that was back in November last year, and it was $25 back in June of the year before, and when it first opened up, uh, beginning of the year before that. So it's only a two, two-and-a-half-year-old company, and it hasn't been able to get above 25 and it's losing money. Uh, I'd have to look into it. It operates as a fintech company that enables customers to meet financial independence to realize their ambitions. <coughs> Excuse me. I'd have to look into it. I do like the sales increase, okay? When does that turn into a profit? That's the key. Now, in 2020, they lost $1.94 per share. 2021, $1.06. And this year, they're supposed to lose $0.38. Cents. They're going in the right direction. But it's a very speculative play. Just know that you're speculating here because it's been going down. Don't overburden your portfolio with this stock. Remember, when you take when you when you're buying very speculative speculative stocks, make sure it's a small part of your portfolio. Okay. Okay, let's go to Sid in Toronto. Hi, Sid. Hi, Steve. Good evening. Uh, thanks for taking my call. And sure. 
I have a quick question about big lots. Uh, I own the small position, just to be clear with you. It uh, uh-huh. looks like a long-term good stock, but uh, before I increase or sell off, I thought I would take your opinion, and thank you so much for your guidance. Okay. I kind of like big lots, even though they're going down. Why do I like them? Well, big lots, symbol B-I-G, uh, operates 1,400 discount stores in 47 states, offering brand-name closeouts and other value-priced goodies. So it's a low-cost, uh, brand-name Closeout kind of stuff, okay? Uh, they're going to make $5.56 this year and $5.30 next year. And sales have been slowly falling 3% the most recent quarter and then 11% before that. Now, the COVID year, sales were growing pretty strong. Okay, so what's $5.30 worth? Well, is right now, right now the PE is 6 I think that's pretty reasonable. I would hold on to it. I think long-term, pays 3.5% dividend, this stock will recover. Okay, it's worth a lot more than $33. Okay. Building a comfortable portfolio, financial future for your portfolio, you've got to apply different strategies or and be disciplined about saving. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Do you know some of the common savings mistakes people need to avoid, especially at certain times in their lives? After the break, I'll supply the answers. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to give me a call, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI Red Teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use. 
and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com. InvestTalk is here to help. And when you download the free InvestTalk podcasts, don't forget to rate and review. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So, um, I asked a trivia question, and it was about savings and mistakes people made and what to avoid. So I won't have time for an in-depth tutorial, but there are a few things you should be aware of you know, in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. Savings makes savings mistakes to avoid for the 20-somethings. Graduating from college, dealing with student loan debt can make you feel like you barely have enough to make ends meet, let alone stash money away for retirement or emergency savings or anything like that. So you also want to look far ahead as retirement as you can. Save for retirement right now will help you later. So check to see if your employer has a 401k plan and just start any little bit of money. Start putting money aside. And if your employer matches, are you going to give up free money by not matching, not putting enough in to match the employer's match? In your 30s, if you're in your 30s, your job might be a little bit more stable and you might be making a little bit more income. Your goals might be a little different, marriage, family, that kind of stuff. But you still have, you're getting closer to retirement every year. I know time goes by so fast. It really does. So you really need to get started. If you're in your 30s, you haven't started. You have to get started. Have to. And it needs to be more than just a little bit. You need to be saving 10%. 10%. In your 40s, you can bump that 10% up higher because now your salary is increasing. You should bump up a little bit. As you increase in your salary, you should be increasing your savings, your investments. So that, you know, these are the easiest ways. Start real small in your 20s, get more serious in your 30s, 40s, get even more serious. By the time you hit 50 and 60, you'll be pretty pretty comfortable in your retirement savings. You just keep that up. No matter what investment you have, Unless you do something really foolish, you're, you're, you will make money. You will invest in just the S and P 500 index. You will make money. Let's go to Bill in Petaluma. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing fine. And how are you, Steve? I'm pretty good. I can't complain. I had a cold for about a week, and it turned into a sinus infection. But after uh. that, now I'm fine. So uh, well, I hate you, those. you live down there in the warm Southern California area. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been looking at a company recently called, uh, it's a, f- a foreign or a European company, and it's uh, called ABB, is their initials. Uh, they're an electronic uh, equipment maker and in, into robotics. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, things that I look at uh looks pretty good to me. The chart keeps going up, higher highs and uh, lower lows. But not lower lows, but low, higher lows, and uh, it pays a, a, a decent dividend. A um, couple of 
questions. Is there anything that you see that would be cause one to hesitate? And I like to buy stocks if I can low, so I don't worry about it after a while. Might you have a, a good, ra- reasonable entry point? Sure. Sure. ABB Limited is a Swiss manufacturer of power management and power plant automation equipment for industrial and commercial uses. It's a $69 billion company. It's not small. It's big. It's out of Switzerland. Right. Uh, Pays a nice dividend, 2.1, as you mentioned. Turn equity is very healthy at 30%. PE ratio is not out of line. I mean, it's going to make $1.80. Next year, and it's a $33 stock, so you're looking at, you know, uh, uh, what, 17, 18 PE, and the range is from right. four, 14 to 31, so it's on the, kind of the lower end of the range. Um, ownership, uh, management doesn't own any. They don't have, that's surprising. I don't like that part. Mutual funds are right. buying. There's not a lot of mutual funds. Only 101 mutual funds own it, but that's up from 80 a year ago. So they are slowly buying it, and it is growing slowly. So it's not one of these dynamic growth stocks. So it's more of a value play, okay? Right. So now you want to see what's a good entry point price. Well, $32 looks like a pretty good darn price to get in. It's at 33 now. So mm-hmm. it's oh. found support at thir- in the very low 30s. It found lots of support. So I think you're very, very close to a buy point. Okay. Uh, and if if you can get it, I mean, if you can get it around thirty dollars, that'd be ideal, I think, personally. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Appreciate it. I Good appreciate, luck with it. I appreciate all the insights, Steve. Thank you no very problem. much for all you do. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Very solid company. Very well run. Very profitable. Very efficient with their money. Not much debt. So you know all the good things you like to see for a good solid company. Now, unfortunately, I mean, during the COVID low, it was like fourteen dollars, but it's not going to, you know, it's not going to like skyrocket on you. But it's a good, solid company. Good, solid company. Okay, Goldman Sachs says. Now, I read this today. Don't rule out a commodities super cycle. So they think we're going to. They might be. We might be entering a super cycle of commodity prices. And one of the reasons, one of the main reasons, and we've touched on it here on this show before, and I know Justin has, is that money is pouring in to the commodity area, which has been starving for capital for 10, 20 years, because all the capital has been going into growth stocks, the FANG stocks. All the money has been going into those kind of companies, not into the old industry, boring steel, copper, aluminum, oil. That's all boring, 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 boring. So the last 10, 15, 20 years, all the money's been pouring into the growth sector, tech stocks, right? So there's a lot of catching up to do, a lot of catching up to do and as those commodity prices go up and the returns look much more, much more appetizing. So Goldman Sachs thinks... There's going to be a super cycle because of increasing demand, squeezing a difficult supply chain, uh, and, you know, politics. Think about politics when drilling for oil. I just talked about that early in the show. Uh, How about open up a new mine? You think that's easy? 
especially in the United States with the environmental laws, it's not going to happen, really. It's going to be very difficult. It can happen, and it does happen. It's just very difficult. So it's hard to increase supply very fast. You can increase it, but it takes time. Meanwhile, prices go skyrocket for you. For anybody who owns those kind of stocks, that's very beneficial. Let's go to Carl in Ohio. Hi, Carl. Hi, Steve. Uh, love the show. Thanks for taking my call. I Thank have you. a question about ticker symbol PLNT, Planet Fitness. I own uh-huh. a little bit of it, and I'm wondering if I should buy more for a long-term hold. Okay. Um, it's uh, you know a gym, gym company that's expanding very quickly everywhere I live and throughout the country. It looks like a good growth company that is not in the tech sector. So could you uh, tell me a good buy point for this, please? Sure. Planet Fitness, Inc., Headquarters out of New Hampshire, believe it or not. That's surprising. Just seemed like not a place where there'd be a lot of fitness. And, you know, that would, but, okay. Uh, operates 2,124 fitness centers with approximately 13.5 million members in 50 states, Puerto Rico and Canada. So they're all over. It's almost an $8 billion size company. The stock is $89.62 a share. And earnings are going up. Sales are going up. Uh, earnings in uh, 2020 was four cents. Remember, we're talking about COVID. That's the COVID year. Before COVID, 2019, they earned a dollar fifty-nine. So then it went down to four cents. Covered COVID. Then it recovered a little bit in 2021, eighty-two cents. And next year, it's a dollar seventy-two. So it'll be its highest earnings year ever this year, 2022. Sales increased 241 percent in the June quarter last year. September quarter, 46%. Obviously, there was pent-up, you know, uh, pent-up demand. Uh, they were going to, they stopped growing because of COVID probably and hunkered down, those kinds of things. And now they're back to where what they were doing before. So now the question is, you wanted a buy point. Uh, let's take a look. It's not a cheap stock, just so you know, because... $1.72 and it's an $89 stock. It's all about recovering, right? Ah, buy points. Uh, right around $80 a share would be a good buy point. Uh, between 80 and 82, I would suggest to be the about the area that you'd want. Now, it may stop right in here because this could be right about, about $90 a share is another good buy point. It stopped going up. The highest it's ever been with 99 Okay, and it's gone down, up, down. So it's it's kind of trading in a range between 80 and 90 right now. 80 and almost 100. 80, you know, that seems to be the range it's stuck in. So you want to buy it in the $80 area if you can. Appreciate the call. Thank you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. February is moving along pretty fast. We're almost coming to the end. It's the 23rd of February. And February is a short month, as you know. Now, you may have not, you may or may have not gone through the process of aligning your portfolio with your current reality. I don't know. Have you? I hope you did that in December, November, December, as we talk about rebalancing. I hope so. But I think it's worth the time to take a minute to tell you about our services, Justin Klein and I offer at KPP Financial. Uh, we're in California, Irvine, California. We manage people's finances, money for them, not their whole finances, but their IRAs or individual accounts or whatever, you know, joint accounts, those kinds of things. 
We do it with no bias one way or another. We do it with parallel investing, meaning I buy the same thing and be adjusted by the same thing for ourselves as our clients do. Okay, we encourage uh, we encourage our clients to manage it, their accounts themselves if they have the time and knowledge, and if they don't, we will help teach them. We really do. Most of the, 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 the idea is it is pretty time-consuming and complex, but if you can do it, you should do it. If you have time, you should do it. But, you know, that's our, we hope you will learn how to do it and then turn it over to us because you just don't have the time. That's our hope, okay? That's our marketing strategy in a nutshell. But if you want to do it, you need help, we'll help you. Let us take a look at your portfolio. Let us figure out how much risk you want to take, and we'll see if your portfolio matches that risk tolerance you want. If not, we'll make suggestions, okay? No obligation. We'll do it for free. You don't have to worry about that part you really don't okay so we want to help you we really really do next up we'll get back to the invest talk voice bank remember the phone lines never close 888-99-CHART each day invest talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email and steve and justin thank you for your loyalty would you like your question to be put near the top of the list just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Your rating is a vote of confidence that leads to higher visibility and causes more people to discover and listen to Invest Talk. So please tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Remember to include your brief question when you review and rate on iTunes. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24-7. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, uh, this is Lauren from North Carolina. I'm calling about a stock called Vale, V-A-L-E. I have a bunch of it, and I wanted to know what y'all's thoughts were about if it's a good long-term play, short-term play, um, hold it for the dividend. Um, just whatever your general thoughts are would be great. Uh, thank you. Love the show. Appreciate it. Bye. Okay, this is Vale, symbol V-A-L-E. It's a Brazilian mining company, Brazilian company engaged in the mining and exploration of minerals in Brazil and five other countries. They're going to make, they made, well, they're going to make $4.26 a share, the huge bump up in their earnings per share in 2021. And then back to a normal, more normal 296 next year. But it's a $17 stock, so it's very low price. Pays a huge dividend, 15%. Sales growth, 18% in the most recent quarter, 122% in the quarter before that, 81% before that, 48% that. So why is it so cheap? Why is it so cheap? See, this is a very good lesson to learn. If a stock is this inexpensive, you need to find out why. And this is Vale in Brazil, and they've had different problems. They have uh, uh, political issues and problems with some of their old mines, mines that they had to clean up. Okay, they've got to clean up their mess that they made before. And it's costing them lots and lots of money to do that. So they don't have a lot of debt, though. Not yet. Uh so I think it's actually a pretty good stock at this point. And I think I would hold on to it because this 
fits right into that commodity cycle that we think we're in. You know, we're in a, a booming commodity cycle. If, if they didn't have the political issues and the, the baggage of cleaning up the me- previous mess in the last 10 years that they've made of various mining sites, it would look a lot more attractive. But that's why it's so cheap. So there's always a cheap for a reason. And you have to decide whether or not you can live with that. So read all the articles on that. There's lots of articles out there. Okay? Decide then, after you read them, it's something that you want to hold or keep or buy. Okay? Vale, V-A-L-E. On the next Invest Talk, the story behind the headlines, investors are taking billions of dollars from bond and money market funds. Taking them at billions of dollars. They seem to be reacting to inflation. Talk about that tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll be here. I'll be doing the show tomorrow. So I want you to be here with me. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPB Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99 Chart. Hey guys, quick question for you. When you're looking at a particular stock, you are looking at the RSI number. I noticed that when I look on it, for example, one day, it may say the RSI number is, uh, say, 32. But then when I switch over to a five-day look or a one-month look, then I see that it shows the current RSI number changing. And uh, not exactly sure why the current RSI number changes based on the uh, day frame that I'm looking at. Uh, Just curious uh, why that was. Looking forward to hearing the answer on the program. Thanks a lot. Bye. Okay, relative strength indicators, what that means. Relative strength indicators. So the strength of what relative to what? Okay, it's the strength of the current stock you're looking at to the S&P 500. Relative strength to that stock. That stock to that index. Usually that's your basic RSI indicator. The strength of your stock to the S&P 500. Now, you got to make sure that your particular RSI does say that because it doesn't have to be relative to the S&P 500. It could be Russell 2000. It could be whatever. And many times they are related to the various uh, sector that the stock is in. Let's say it's a small growth sector and you might want to compare that with the relative strength of this of that particular stock in that sector to that sector's relative strength. So what you're looking at, though, is most likely RSI with the S&P 500 and the stock you're looking at. So when you look at it one day, you're just looking at a, a snapshot today. How much strength is in that stock versus the strength in the S&P 500 for that day? Is the S&P going up or down that day? Your stock, is it going up or down? Now, when you look at it a week... Now I say, okay, what's the relative strength over a week's period? Stock and the S&P move differently. So the numbers will change at the different time frames you're looking at it. All right? Makes sense, right? Okay, appreciate the call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Mortgage rates are what? 3.92%, I think it was last week. So it's near 4% for a 30-year fixed mortgage, right? 4%. Housing prices are still going up. The 10-year treasury is up to 2%. Why did I bring up the 10-year treasury? Because the mortgage rate usually goes off or related to the 10-year treasury. 
and it's been going up 2%. Uh, by the way, it's the first time it's been at 2% since 2019. So housing prices are pretty strong, but the prices are really straining buyers, especially new buyers. They can't really afford the housing. You know, average house of house cost now is $361,700. And it takes about 25, 26% of the household income, the average household income. That's pretty high. So what I'm saying is, even though housing is pretty strong, and we saw that with the starts number, the building permits number, and existing home sales last week, I brought those up. We know that it's fairly strong for January, and it's probably going to be fairly stable the rest of the year, but it's obvious to anybody who's been doing this for a while that we're at a peak. We're at a peak. Mortgage rates are going to go up more. The Federal Reserve have promised three to four rate increases of their of the, uh, the overnight rate, the only rate they control. It's at zero now, and they're going to go maybe to 1%. Do you think the mortgage rate is going to stay steady over that period of movement when the Fed starts moving up rates? No, it won't. The 10-year Treasury rate will go, a yield will go up, and so will the mortgage rates. So when that happens, the people are being strained about buying houses, especially new first-time buyers strained to buy a house now. If mortgage rates go up, that means their monthly payment goes up, and they can't qualify for loans. And so far, the banks have not relaxed very much their lending practices, loaning money out. It's not like it was in 2008 when all you had to do was be a breathing person and you would get you know, a $500,000 mortgage. They'll lend you five hundred. It's not like that. So it would be tough, 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 tough. So just expect the housing to be not go down this late, but certainly to top. It's topping. I'm Steve Peasley, and... And it, this completes another Investor program, everybody. Justin Klein, and I want to thank you for listening and tell your friends to join in. We will like to get them in there. And of course, remember, it's all free download podcasts. We're over, we're close to 40 million, 40 million downloads now. We really appreciate that. Get yours anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us if you listen to us on iTunes. We appreciate that greatly. Independent thinking and share success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.